0: This is the FMCG podcast. We talk with the leaders of today and hear their advice on how you can develop your leadership potential. Today we are talking with Lisa Ronington-Brown, People Director of Symington's, and we are going to be talking all things people, how to develop an authentic culture and the commercial value of HR to a food manufacturing business. Let's get to it. Hi, my name's Rich and we're Consumer Hub and this is the FMCG podcast. Uh, We're going to be speaking with Lisa today. Very excited to have her on the show. Lisa and I have worked together for a number of years and Lisa is an HR director with loads of experience in the food and drink sector and I think you're going to really enjoy her insights today. But Lisa, just quickly, can you just give the guys a bit of an intro into you, your background, where you come from, what you're all about?
1: Yeah, so yeah, I'm Lisa, um, people director for Symington's. I've been with Symington's about three years. Um, and as Rich said, we've worked together um, for a long time and it's really helped us to build our um, commercial team at Symington. So um, yeah, a little bit about me, so as I say, we've been with Simington for three years. Prior to that, I had a career break when I had my second daughter. Before that, I had 10 years within the sugar industry. Um, before that, some time in retail. Um, and again, majority of my time has been in food. So um yeah love it love fmcg i've tried dabbled in other industries but it's not nothing's quite the same as pulled you back um yeah nothing's quite the same as fmcg
0: yeah 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 oh absolutely but, fmcg for life um it's funny li- li- lisa li- li- is <laughs> one of the first people i met actually uh when i was a, a scruffy grad straight out of uni i went to uh, I yeah, and uh yeah it's, it's great so uh it is, it is a long time do you um yeah, I mean, do you, do you think the industry's changed in the last 10 years or do you think it's, uh, you know, the same?
1: Oh, yeah, I, th- I think it's changed a lot. And obviously, I had some time out um, when I had my daughter. So I had yeah. a, about 18 months out of sort um, of the industry. And even during that time, it's it's changed again. So from a people perspective, lots of regulatory mm-hmm. and legislative changes. But um, also, I think it, I think people's expectations have changed a lot, yeah. both from a consumer perspective, but from a... A colleague employment perspective. I think um, we definitely have to be on our toes as, yeah. as an employer um, and, as, and as a provider to the, to the retail sector.
0: I'm yeah. Sure. Well, that, that's, that's one of the things I want to get onto in a, in a bit is kind of uh, some of the, the key trends in HR at the moment, and I think people will be really interested in, in that. But um, just for any of the, the watchers or, or listeners that aren't familiar with Symington's, just give us a bit a bit of a top line on your business and what, what are Symington's all about and what makes them just such a great place to work?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I love working with Symington's. Um, yeah, there's, we, we're a bunch of really passionate foodie people, so we have um as I say we are Rich to build our teams. We have some fantastic, talented um people that work with us. Um so yeah, we're we're a food business, uh, food convenience, convenience food specialist. So we um we produce great tasting uh, food that has um healthy credentials. So um generally um our biggest brands are naked noodle, mugshot, but we've also got twisted hungry elephant chicken style. Um, yeah, yeah, everybody loves chicken tonight. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's had a real resurgence, actually, through the, um, through the lockdown. lockdown. So, um, yeah, it's back from the 80s, firmly in people's stock, covered again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, we, 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 we're we predominantly based in Yorkshire. We have uh, two sites in Leeds, one in Bradford and one in Cameron, Yeah, that does,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: sort of wet, wet meals. But, yeah, across all those sites, including our temps, Fluctuates, but we have an average around nine hundred um, people overall. Those locations
0: So it's safe to say they keep you pretty busy. Then, as the people director.
1: Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So so when I when I joined the business, it was like about three years ago now. Um, it's very much a um sort of review and rebuild mm. people function itself. So taking it from being very inward facing to being outwardly facing, strategic, yeah. business partnering. Um. We, as a business at that stage, had kind of been uh, through the mill a little bit. We'd had quite a few um, difficult years financially, closed mm-hmm. various different locations, done lots of M&A work. Mm. Um, so, so my initial brief was really just to try and pull everything together, yeah. get us onto a level playing field again, rebuild the people team. And we've got some fantastic people within our team, yeah. um, some of which I know you work with. So we... Um, yeah, we've um, we've done it. We've fit a lot in, actually. This last two and a bit years. Oh, it's been busy, definitely.
0: Just from an outside perspective, yeah. lo- loads of stuff. And uh, something that I just wanted yeah. to just touch on that I think I think you mentioned. If I'm wrong, tell me. But um, you, you, before you joined as people director, they didn't have HR on the board, did they? I don't think.
1: Um, yeah, I think they did, but I think that was, um, I think that was even, that was quite relatively new. So before, before I joined, there was a gap, so they didn't Mm. have anyone in situ. We had an interim who was great. Um, but yeah, there'd been a gap for a period of time. So I, I sort of came to, um, to the floor initially as, as head of HR when we had the interim on board. Um, and then as the interim left, I was then promoted onto the... On um, the exec team or the, the board of directors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've, we've we've had a full. The, the brilliant, brilliant thing for me is sort of my my experience, expertise is really around change management.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And we had a great deal of things to do. And as I say, as I look back now, the things that we have achieved, um, I'm really proud of it because we've done we've done a great deal. Yeah. um yeah. D- During that that time, and and we we also recognise that we. You sort of never end that journey either and I hate the cliches yeah, sort of clichés, yeah. the journey, but we've definitely been on that transformational journey and this last um six months in particular we've managed to get to the really exciting stuff so things like our values mm. um, we've we've restructured the business so we have a, an official um XLT, which is our senior leadership team. Um, who essentially run the business so we, we we work on the business they work in the business making all the day-to-day decisions um we've launched a talent academy we've done lots of really good stuff um that that people um are really engaging with That's um so yeah and
0: what what would you time. um just on that point around you kind of Developing the the business and continuous improvement. Um, what do you think are the key opportunities that HR have as a unique function to shape culture in a business?
1: Um, to shape culture, I think the key thing for me um, always has been being involved in things from the outset. Mm. So my my huge gripe with a, a lot of HR and personnel people, if I'm honest <laughs> with you, is that you end you end up being drafted in just to do the negative stuff. Mm. So you you always have that negative connotation with, oh, I like HR here or... Um,
0: What's gone you know, wrong? ...years
1: yeah. ago or personal functions here. And and I've, I've always actively rebelled against all of that. And I think that the procedural stuff is important and always will have a part. Obviously, the legislative stuff is always important as well. Um, and we certainly don't take risks in that regard. But equally, we... Um, the time that we spend on things is is around nurturing those relationships so that we, we have um, a culture of development within the business. Mm. So um, people aren't afraid of, of asking a bad question because nothing's yeah. a bad question. They're always questions, aren't they? Um, we encourage people to develop themselves and seek out opportunities to do that. Um, open communication is another one. So again, that real partnership approach creates you a team of people that solve the problem rather than an individual that's there to solve the problem yeah um and as i said it it means that the there isn't always that negative connotation with hr professionals who i've got an excellent team in place um and they deserve far more than just being brought in and out to do disciplinaries and grievances that's not to me what what a, a good um hr people function is and um, we rebranded our, our hr team as, as people team mm-hmm. um a couple of months ago um purely to help with that sort of cultural transformation piece and that we we are a, a business that employs people we don't employ just robots and, and yeah. referring to everyone as, as a human we, we are all human beings but equally everyone's um a person in their own right so we um
0: up the decision to rebrand yeah yeah at yeah that point. yeah it, it, it just it sounds like um as a function and and a leader in in the uh, the the people function you've had the ability to take a step back and actually not just take stock of what you are as a business but really think about what you want to be what you want to be known for and what you want the the personality of of, of the people all together to be to make up that company which is great yeah
1: you you hit the nail on the head there it's what do you want to be known for Mm. so we we as an exec team but we as a people team constantly talk about legacy (laughs) because each team when they're with the business for a period of time um they they leave something behind, so we, we always talk about what is that legacy like? going to be? What do we want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? You know, and and the, the things that we've done. So definitely that strategic partnering element of it is one bit that I'm really passionate about. Um, treating people as individuals rather than um, just sort of individual cogs in a wheel, um, and also the the whole wellbeing piece, which I think yeah. is something that particularly the last six months with the whole COVID situation. There's um has brought everything to the fore and, and I think really leveled everybody. Yeah. Regardless of what position you have, regardless of your responsibilities or where you're based, all, all those sorts of things. Everyone has dealt with exactly the same concerns. And I'm not sure if you if you sort of felt the same, Rich, but East East has seemed to feel like the the, the hitting the wall moment for a lot oh, of people. Yeah. So I think we so we went into lockdown sort of towards the end of March, didn't we? And then Easter was a little bit later on, um, in April. So I think people the novelty wore off at this at the stage yeah. where the children yeah. had been at home for a few weeks. Um, things were really frightening, I think, for a lot of people as well. Um, and there was like an OMG moment as you as you were heading sort of into Easter and beyond and, and we recognized that in our teams. So That's we good. um we stepped up support for individuals and it's, it's amazing to say when talking talk about leveling individuals, mm. everyone all had, um, everyone had different concerns and, and, fears, but they all came from a very similar place. So that all sort of anxiety, feeling yeah. frightened, feeling worried about things that are completely out of control. So it's gone from being a, as I say, the novelty of being at home and not having the commute and, and things. Um, and having the children at home and spending more time with your family through to, oh, Paki, this is really serious. Mm. And of course, we, we then had um, two thirds of our population within the business who couldn't work from home and who couldn't isolate in those bubbles that some of us were able to do. So um, again, he- helping those individuals has been really important. And I think we've, we've just started to think about, um, we'll call it our new normal.
0: Right. right? As, as we are yeah, sort yeah. of
1: coming out of, lockdown um our offices have, have um have been used very minimally since since march so we've had probably six months where vast majority of people haven't been there so we're now talking about returning back to our new normal um and that in itself requires a different level of well-being support mm. because you have some people who are really keen and can't wait to get back to having all the matter over their photocopier. Um, and you've got others that, again, are, are concerned about it because they haven't been out of the house, aside from maybe to the supermarket or to see mm. a relative, you know, for all that period of time. So we have that responsibility to um help, help everyone in regards to the situation that they have. Yeah. Um, and we do it on an on an individual basis rather than that whole. And we're, we're very lucky in that we we're, we're a decent sized business, but we're not too big, to, um, to sort of allow us to have that individual support with with people within the teams, and and we actively encourage that, not just to have a one blanket approach to everything.
0: You, you guys have always had a, a really good culture of visibility, haven't you? In in the offices you've got, and people can pull on the. The, the directors and the board easily can't they, which I imagine has been a massive advantage to your culture. Um what are some of the practical ways that you think people can be supporting their teams and their people in this transition back into the new normal? Which, incidentally that's the term we keep using. We one of the things we've said is that, well anybody we bring into the business after Christmas was looking to expand, you know, we're going to offer them two days from home as standard, just because we kind of thought, well, actually, we know how to do this now because we worked out, actually, if we're working remotely, we need to have two anchor meetings every day on Zoom instead of one. Well, we can do that if people are out of the office. It's not a problem. Uh, but yeah, what are the, some of the practical ways that you think, yeah, HR professionals can and people professionals can support their teams in this this transition? Yeah,
1: I think, again, you hit the nail on the head. It's about, so we, we as, we as an organisation, we're very um, traditional in our, um sort of a, a approach to, to working. So the old sort of eye roll if you're working from home on a Friday or you're visiting one of the sites on a Friday afternoon, are you really like that sort of thing where <laughs> where I think um it's a little bit old school, whereas I think we've we've really managed to uh dispel that that stigma um through necessity. So huge, huge population of our um of our business up sticks and then work from home the following day. Um, and I, 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 forget, <laughs> I never forget having the conversation with our head of IT. So we, we had our um, exec team meeting where we spoke about what is the right thing to do. And I think we even did it in advance of the full lockdown. Yeah. It's um, sort of a, a week or so maybe before then all the sort of dates merge into one really at this time. But um, I remember we, we'd, we'd taken the decision and sort of held hands on, right, okay, this is, it's not the right thing now for everyone to travel into the office and working alongside each other. We're now going to work from home. Um, are we all in? Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. And I remember asking our head of IT to come to that same meeting and saying, "Right, John, right, tomorrow, we're all working from home. Are we ready?" And he was like, "Well, we're not, but we will be by tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's that it's that whole. Um, Have you heard of Microsoft Teams? No, no. Let's test it. <laughs> that same afternoon you know and now we all live on it don't we and obviously we're yeah, yeah. doing this through zoom and and my day is full of team and zoom meetings and and as you say you just we've just got on with things mm. haven't we and i think that so flexibility is definitely one yeah um and it's part of our returning back to normalish is what we call it normal-ish, we, that. Um, <laughs> normal-ish, yeah. so we know, we know we're not going to go back to where we were in january mm. and february but we'll have a new normalish now yeah
0: yeah um
1: which will be a, a mixture of home and office working for, for people that have the ability to um, which we envisage about 50-50 so 50% in the office, 50% at home yeah. which enables people to have that control over the work, um, the work and obviously we we know that there's a big proportion of our workforce that can't do that and, and where they can't, um, again it's about trying to be flexible with them and, and listening and that's right. a key thing that um, both HR professionals and, and just general line management, you know, is it's a really huge and important part yeah. is to just be able to listen and mm-hmm. really listen to what people are saying and people are, are sort of within the, the nuances of what they are saying Um, to make sure that we really listen and we give them the support when they need it.
0: Yeah, it, it strikes me as, you know, that is one of the, the core values as... of of hr as a commercial function is their ability to have that bit of distance listen take the big picture view take the temperature Mm. on on, like you say the well-being and the health of everybody um but you know well-being that's a key trend isn't it back to new normalist that's a key trend (laughs) um what what other sort of trends do you think hr and people professionals are grappling with at the moment you know if if they wanted to be progressive and um and develop the function develop develop the industry as well with it yeah and
1: another thing that i think. Uh, being through necessities is engagement and communication which I sort of put mm. into one um one bucket so we um again as a very traditional business um very little ways of, of directly engaging with our um factory and operational based people so we've had to really think on our feet and we've invested heavily in um an engagement platform which is launching in um months time actually it's oh, very exciting, exciting. Yeah, so that's an application-based system where we can connect directly with all of our workers exactly at the same time. Can they download it onto their phones then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So, um, yeah, again, transformational from our perspective. And I think the investment that we've made has shown that we recognise it's really important because it's a huge step change from where we've been. Um, So that sort of overall engagement and communication, but but also, again, Engaging with all of our workers through our um, elected representatives. So we meet with them on a monthly basis. Um, we spend time, as I said to you this morning, I've, I've been at one of our sites um, in Bradford today. So again, just being there and talking to people, giving them that space and that time to, to ask uh, those questions can can leave them feeling, have them leaving the room feeling as though they've, they've connected back to the business in some way. Yeah. um so that that again i think is a is another key key trend if you like Mm -hmm. um something that's always been important but i think never more so than than right now
0: yeah yeah that's that's really interesting point you know kind of creating the space for those listening exercises because i think if you're not proactive and you don't pursue them then you can't assume Mm -hmm. they're going to happen you've got to make it on the agenda haven't you as part of the leadership yeah yeah
1: yeah definitely
0: do you, do you think the guys do you think they appreciate it? Do you think you can see buying already from from those exercises?
1: Um, I think so. So I, I chair the um, the works council meetings every month. Yeah. And I think people are genuinely um, the feedback that we get and that we that we've received um, over the past few months has been really good. In that, yeah, we're balancing the right things, telling them what they need to know, what they want to know, and and being honest because we we yeah. really believe in being honest and in sharing what you can talk about. We we can't always um, say everything clearly from a a business strategy perspective, but we can certainly be um, as honest as we can be about what we can share.
0: Um,
1: And and we're asked a question, we answer it in an honest way.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're obviously some of the, the big opportunities for progressive people leaders at the moment. What do you think are some of the u- unique challenges that are facing HR and people professionals in FMCG at the moment?
1: In FMCG, so there's there's the whole doing more for less,
0: which is yeah. always a
1: challenge, um, and, and no no more so than we, we're now officially in the recession now, aren't we? So again, we're, we're working with our, we've got fantastic relationships, both across technical and commercial, with the retailers, but they're, they're also under... A anordinate amount of challenge um, due to their own individual landscapes and sort of learning from the 2008 recession. So there's there's always um, there's always that um, having a really agile and, and flexible workforce is is another one of the things that we're currently looking at. So um, our biggest biggest site at Dartmouth Way, for example, does a lot of our pasta based products. Yeah. Um, how can we make sure that we have the right people in the right place, um, which again is is I think the unique element of FMCG is. Um, and I remember it was it was a new thing to symington's I always remember when um, I've not long since joined and I talked about. Oh, so when was the last time that we did a structural review?
0: Yeah.
1: What? Don't do these things. Well, actually, <laughs> it's, we're not we're not in any trouble. No, no, we're not. But it, that's not it's not about. Yeah. doing it because we're in a, it it's the wrong time to do it actually if you're in a if you're in a really dire situation and you're sort of being forced to, to make these decisions you have going to get
0: fit before all um, the bad stuff happens exactly
1: you? so what do you have your 18 in place yeah yeah all, all those sorts of questions Do you have the right people in the right place um what about talents what what's talent well talent's really important it's what makes our business go around so so sort of having those conversations around what we're doing with our key talent, what, the, what are the plans in place, what's the future look like, and, and really having those um, grown-up conversations
0: with yeah.
1: our with yeah. our colleagues around um, what their own aspirations are, which was really taboo, really quite, um, as I said, quite traditional in its in its sort of approach to things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, so I guess one of the challenges then is kind of keeping fit in an environment where people wanting more for less, doing more with less. And I guess you've got to be scanning the horizon and sort of anticipating the, uh, the potential bumps in the road, making sure you're ready for them yeah. before it happens from a people's perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As I say, as, as I say I'm very lucky. I've got a great, um, really talented team in place that, that supports with all the horizon yeah. scanning. But we've had lots of... Um, Legislative changes that have come through um, in April, sort of at the start of the um, onset of the pandemic, or sort of just after that. Yeah. Um, we've then also got Brexit, which, crikey, Oof. I haven't spoken about Brexit for a while, and then I know. It's, it's back again. Um, so, yeah, all, all the um, supporting colleagues, because we, we do have a portion of, of our workforce that, um, that have travelled to us from outside of the UK, so we've got. Um, some support in place to, to assist with, with them. Um and also any other changes that come as a result of that. Um are things that for for a while we've sort of forgotten about.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we haven't forgotten about them, but we certainly put them to one to one side. Just managing through a health crisis sort of took precedence.
0: So 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 ju- just just Brexit and Covid to do with then Lisa. All in the days work, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been a fun year, hasn't it, when you think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you could call it that. Um well, because um, something that always strikes me in our conversations is that you're very, very commercially grounded. You know you know what's happening in terms of the commercial priorities of the business. You know about what marketing is and you've got that eagle eye, eagle view on what's going on. Like, What do you think makes HR a truly commercial function rather than like you kind of conscious of that earlier with that kind of old school HR mode where you're just dealing with the problems as they come up. Like, What is it that somebody needs to cultivate in a mindset to make sure that they're commercial as an HR professional?
1: Uh, to me, it's, it's really about partnering. Mm. So obviously, the, the whole Ulrich business partnering model was a really trendy thing to do, wasn't it, a few years ago? Um, and some really progressive organisations, generally the larger ones, adapted to that really quickly. Um, and then others sort of did through necessity or through, through branding and didn't necessarily, um, I guess, fully take on board what that actually means. So for example, um, I have business partners in, in place. I've got three um, three key business partners and I expect them to be experts in their area. So we have um, regular, that well, they have, sorry. Uh, that's a they have regular um, spots in the stakeholders diaries to just talk about what's going on. Right. So what is going on in your business unit? What's going on in your business unit? What can I do now to help? But also from the horizon planning perspective, what's coming down the line? What are you going to need some assistance with? What can I see now that I can do to to add value Mm. to to the conversations? And I've just completed our three-year planning process. And what I thought was really, really powerful, I shared it with my team and it was like a hallelujah moment, was the amount I did sort of a pyramid of where we came from. So when I first join the business, what was the ratio of time you're spending on admin, time spent on um, doing stuff and then time spent on strategy versus where we are now. Um, And it's admin is a little slither of 10% at the bottom.
0: Fantastic. We've got a
1: great deal of of the doing, but we've also got 25 to 30% of strategy. Brilliant. It's not just about, um, as I say, doing the doing, it's certainly not about pushing paper. It's about making really good quality decisions with key stakeholders, not, not being one step behind them. You need yeah. to be really with them. So those really effective relationships um, that I have with my exec team members and my team have with their, um, their functional stakeholders as well, it's is, is absolutely critical for me. If that doesn't work, then we're not really adding the value that yeah. we should be doing. So, and anyone that comes into the profession, um, people that I've sort of spoken to through my own network from a mentoring perspective, it's really around, it's not about what you learn is important, the academic side mm. is important, but almost as soon as you've learned that, it's changed, there's a, there's a new model, yeah. or there's a new piece of law, so it's not, that's not the be all and end all, it's, it's important, but it's not, it doesn't define you. I think when you get into the workplace, it's around how you turn that knowledge into practice, but also how you really connect to the rhythm of the business.
0: Yeah. And I
1: always say to our new starters um, or to, to prospective new starters as part, part of the interview process, Symington's has a pace and a rhythm, mm. um, which all FMCG, all all businesses do, but FMCG tends to work a little bit faster. The tempo's a little bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> um and and it's tuning yourself in with that. And I think a, a key um, strength of a great business partner, people of HRT and business partner, is you're able to really tune into that and work with your stakeholders to deliver um, a really great added value function. And we've got some brilliant people coming up through the profession. Um, That's And, and, and again, from, from my perspective, it's really exciting to see that, to see what... What's going to keep us on our toes? Yeah. What are the next things? What's going to help us keep getting better? And that's um, talent that's coming through. Yeah, it, it,
0: it sounds like from what you said, you know, it's very much about having a, a mindset of continuous improvement and actually sort of taking accountability to to drive the change that you want to see. And it's it's great. It's, I think it's a great anecdote there about you know you've kind of restructured you've got those business partner relationships internally those partnerships and then you can see the knock-on impact there on how that affects people's time and the results they're getting from that that's great but imagine it must take a lot of commitment to your vision to begin with when you're starting from cold and you know you're changing a culture you've got to really be able to like stick to your guns haven't you and like you know stay in 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 the place that you want to be in later on just drive that
1: yeah, I, I am really lucky though, I'm one of those really lucky people that loves what they do, and I think I've got two daughters, as I've, I've just been um, just been talking about, haven't we, and I, I, I don't care what they want to do as they leave school, I want them to try their very best as they're going through school and university and everything, mm. if that's what they want to do but just find something you're really passionate about, because yeah. we're all at work way too long to um, to not enjoy what we do Yeah, very true um, I'd hate to not be passionate about it, and Simmington's is a great business with great leaders and um, a great CEO who really believes in us from a from a people perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah. And just thinking about um, sort of leadership qualities, we touched it on, on it there, but that, that's one of the things that we, we really want to be doing on this podcast is basically giving professionals coming through the ranks a chance to, sort of hear about leadership, you know, straight from the guys that are leading at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a leader in your business, what, what qualities do you think make a good leader in the, in the food sector in particular?
1: Um, in the food sector, I think resilience mm-hmm. is definitely one. Um, it's something that is a key, key value in my daughter's school. My daughters both go to primary school. It isn't something that I, that I think a lot of um, leadership programmes, historically have included so it's something that we we always do reference is that level level of resilience and particularly in fmcg um so i think that's one element of it i think being um being astute in terms of how you manage and lead your teams is is really important so i'm i'm not a great advocate which i know is um something that FMCG is traditionally been sort of known for um, I, I, I believe that you should lead with kindness I don't believe that you have to be a absolute ball breaker to um, to inspire teams I don't think people want that in and there leaders. are a lot of
0: them in FMCG
1: well we yeah we we don't believe in that so what, one of my core values is, is around leading with kindness and I think that in the vast majority of cases, that serves you well, and I think if it's one of your key values, as I know it's shared with myself and and my, my fellow colleagues, you know we, we want to do the right thing. We listen to people. When we get things wrong, we say we get things wrong. We we are all human beings at the end of the day, so I think that's that's an element. So humility is one. I think that sort of links in with that as well. And what is the third, third sort of trait? i think i think recognizing that things do change mm. and you have to change with it and evolve with it so as i said to you at the beginning um so i've been with Simington for 3 years prior to that um with um a huge sugar business for um for 10 years prior to that and then asda so i've been in fmcg for a while um and you have to evolve and you yeah. have to be very sure of your own self your own branding the business and the culture of the business that you're in um and as you said earlier you know sort of relentlessly pursue that yeah yeah
0: um so, so i think so they're
1: all in, important
0: so if i was summarized then it, it'd be uh, sort of leading with kindness and humility and also mm-hmm. being being resilient and coping with change but but also yeah. not not losing your dna making sure you keep hold of your goals
1: yeah absolutely yeah and i think that's one of the things that i was speaking to uh, to someone earlier this week about this i think it's one of the things that you get through experience is everyone is different and that's okay mm. you know it's great that everyone has has differences um so being being sure of your own brand and and adapting that with the times i think is yeah. is really important taking feedback from people um yeah all,
0: all those sorts of great things brilliant and, and just thinking about uh, practical ways for people to invest in their own careers um, and it kind of related questions so I'll, I'll throw them both at you at the same time but um, <laughs> okay. what what leaders have inspired you? who would you recommend people go and check out either on social media or check out their, their books and also you know what books are you reading and, and what resources out there would you recommend people look at if they're in the people industry and want to develop yeah
1: a huge game changer for me because there's there's lots of books that you read as part of so I, I did my CIPD and then I did my master's so yeah. there's loads of um, academic books that are great <clears throat> um although it's been, it's been a while since I did my master's so they're probably out of date now <laughs> anyway but certain yeah. so ones that you come across you think they're they're really good the biggest game changer for me from a leadership perspective bearing in mind I'm a, a great advocate of of being a a technical specialist but a leader of the business sort of first and foremost um is the power of why and mm-hmm. I know it's quite an old TED talk now isn't it? Yeah
0: it's but good, it's
1: though. it's still now um I remember when I first watched it and now I recommend that all my new starters within my team uh watch it I share it with anyone that's <laughs> have these sorts of conversations with I think it it allows you to really think about why are you doing things so not what you're doing to to that to the whole thing of personnel versus hr you know it's not it's not just what what are you doing it's why are you doing it so that's that's one that i always recommend to graduates and um people through our talent academy to to watch that one even though it's quite old but i think it's it's aged really well
0: yeah yeah
1: Uh, in terms of its um um insight
0: relevance yeah yeah yeah
1: in relevance yeah Absolutely.
0: And is there anything that you're reading at the moment, any any books or anything, um, I don't know, anything that you've like just getting your teeth into on an evening?
1: Yeah, so I've got a, there's a book called Untamed, which I think Adele recommended actually on right. Instagram the other day. So I thought I'm going to download that. Mm. Um, it's by an author called uh, Glennon Doyle. And it's about, I'm only a little sort of way into it, but this is all about being your authentic self. So, um, and again, it's one of the things that you sort of get through experience, I guess, is, is really around um, being true to yourself, your own values, and being authentic. You don't have to put a mask on to come to work. You don't have to pretend to be something that you're not. Just come and be your, your sort of authentic um, version of you. And, and, you know, that's that's great. That's what we yeah. need.
0: yeah great great and if if there was a one piece of advice that you give to anyone watching this who uh, yeah wants wants to kick on and uh, move up the ladder wants to develop their skill set become a leader what would it be um find a
1: great mentor and, yeah. and to, I guess to your previous question, I've, I've had some brilliant mentors um, through my time. Um, one of which was um, I'd literally just left college, and he still sends me a Christmas card every year. Bless him.
0: Oh, what's great. <laughs>
1: so he's uh, the we, we exchange letters and things. He's mm. so lovely. Yeah. So so there's um, Peter was my very first mentor, and I'll be forever grateful to him for the opportunity that he gave me and the the confidence that he gave me. Yeah. Um, I worked with an exceptional group. HR director um, called Heather who has recently retired I think Uh, but she really helped me from a um, stepping up
0: Mm -hmm. perspective into a
1: leadership um, role rather than being a a technical expert Um, so yeah I've been very lucky to work with some great mentors so yeah find find a brilliant mentor Um, invest in coaching Mm -hmm. as well that's something particularly for, um, for those coming out of university and then maybe in the second role, um, find a great coach. If you yeah. don't have a great coach um, within your business, invest in it. It's something that will um, definitely return um, some value to you for sure. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and just believe in your own abilities, mm-hmm. I think would be another one. Um, don't stop learning. Um, I love reading self-help books. Um Brilliant development books all that sort of thing um don't think don't ever get to a stage where you think you know everything because that's yeah. the point where complacency can set in and um you can lose your um usp and, and just find something you're really passionate about
0: that, that, well. that, that, so much good advice yeah. and all that and i 100 <laughs> agree with you know what you're saying there about finding a mentor and not being complacent and mm. uh, it is easy isn't it when you're busy you just think well I will sort it out later, I'll sort it out later, but it seems to be a hallmark of the, the leaders that we speak with is that, that they read, they network, and they're always looking to learn. E- even if they've got right to the top of the tree, there's people that, you know, it's peer it's peer mentoring, isn't it? Um, yeah, I love
1: a good, intelligent, challenging conversation. I love it, it makes my day. When mm. you speak to someone and they disagree with you, do you know, bring it on. I love yeah. having those debates. And you do, you you really learn from that. It mm. challenges you to be better. Um yeah, I don't don't take things um, sort of literally or personally. I just love it as an opportunity to yeah, become yeah. better.
0: And guys, if you're watching, go and follow Lisa on LinkedIn. She says some really really good stuff by the female lead and other kind of uh, bits of content out there, and puts out some really interesting insightful stuff. Uh,
1: yeah, two young girls. They I drive them to school most days. Listen to Beyonce and right. really like
0: <laughs> find the flag. Yeah,
1: definitely all for. Um, for
0: powerful women in the workplace absolutely well lisa it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thank you so much um our aim is, is really to encourage the next um sort of crop of leaders coming through an fmcg and i think there's so much stuff that people can get out of what you've shared with us today so thank you very much and oh, uh yeah
1: pleasure.
0: thank you look forward to uh, seeing what the next uh, six months brings at symington's and the people yes. team yeah thank you And guys, if you're watching, go in there, find us on YouTube, find us on uh, LinkedIn. Make sure you find interns on LinkedIn, give them a follow as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. (music) Thanks for watching, guys. Click here for a playlist on similar content and click the donut above to subscribe so you never miss.